0: The Diplomacy Dojo is a weekly discussion led by your board brother about diplomacy tactics and strategies. Let's listen in on what our players are discussing this week. Hunter's here with me on the Diplomacy Dojo. How's it going, Hunter? I'm doing well. All right. You got things on your mind today that you would like to go over?
1: Well, one thing I was interested is about uh, Germany. So personally, so personally, when I play as Germany, I find it's difficult to take centers like, you know, Austria's or, you know, in the Far East, like Sevastopol. So normally when I try to solo as Germany, I feel like I kind of need Iberia. But if that's not an option, because France is strong or something.
0: Okay, so it sounds like we could discuss how Germany might take Far Eastern supply centers. How how would that be possible under what scenarios, etc.?
1: There's also something else I'm wondering. So a lot of people so I'm wondering, a lot of people say that, you know, for Germany, it's really important to get Italy and Austria to to, you know, be peaceful with each other. And we'd like to discuss whether I, we collectively think that is true. Yeah, but the thing is I noticed, I mean, in some cases I suppose if Italy attacks Austria, that could make Russia or Turkey too strong, but in some other games I've noticed that when Italy attacks Austria early, Later on, in some of the games I've seen, this this allowed Turkey to take centers like Vienna and Budapest with Italy's help. But I suppose Italy could just go after Austria later, though.
0: So, is the um, focal point of the question or the topic um, the impact of the Italy Austria
1: alliance on Germany? I suppose I suppose two topics. So, one is uh, how can Germany take far eastern centers, and another one is you know is the common wisdom of getting Italy and Austria working together actually good for Germany.
0: Got it. That makes sense. And what else do we have today?
1: Well, one thing, I mean, I guess we could talk about Turkey a little bit more. The thing is, uh, I've soloed it as Turkey a few times, but I think when I did that, you know, the other players made really bad mistakes, though. Like, for example, in, in one of my games as Turkey, you know, England just posted in the public press, you know, Germany screwed me and is now blaming me for his impending loss. Let the bloodbath begin. And then they just started fighting and, you know, didn't really do anything to stop me. I'm not really sure if that's a clear topic, but I'm just wondering. I, I'm just wondering how to solo as Turkey when people are actually competent. Okay,
0: <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Because I've never I've like the only times I've actually soloed as Turkey is when people made big mistake. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I should, you know, discuss strategy in case that doesn't happen.
0: Okay, that's, that's three, Uh, that's three good topics. I say, let's, uh let's, let's take them in the order presented. So the first is for Germany, how can I take far Eastern mm-hmm. supply centers? And this is is an interesting question that you raise beca- uh, for me personally, because it is one that I keep asking myself. (laughs) (laughs) To contextualize my point of view, I have uh, played many high level games as Germany, where I came really, really close to getting a solo win, but stuck, but got stuck at 16 or 17. And uh, I have been thinking about whether I might try strategizing differently and try to get much further into the east earlier in the game uh or else much further into the west and uh, i just recently finished publishing content related to m- the media awards game which is a match that ended a little while ago that's a that's a high profile game uh in that game i tried to go as far west as possible at one point even convoying an army into north africa uh, to try to try to consolidate um all power in the West and use Tunis as my 18th center. I was not able to do so, but it was pretty dang close. The alternative of going very far in the East is something that um, eludes me. I have seen other players do it plenty of times. I have seen German players who control lines like Vienna, Budapest, Romania, Sevastopol. I've seen stuff like that. Based on my experiences trying to play Germany, I think that is... That is nuts. Like, how did, how did the players uh, tolerate this?
1: Yeah, because I've seen some games where uh, Germany just, they have Vienna, Budapest, and Sevastopol. And, you know, they, I mean, they, they managed to take Brest and Paris, but they didn't need any of Iberia to solo with.
0: I can't speak with great authority on this topic because this is something that I aspire to do. Uh, I have not done very often. And I am trying to think on how I could do better at it. So I can tell you some of my ideas for how to do this, uh, but I don't know if they hold water.
1: Well, I haven't been able to do it either. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of these ideas is to try to take advantage of a Western triple alliance, which is one that I normally think of as very disadvantageous for Germany. I usually think that out of a Western Triple, um, which is the England-France-Germany alliance, Germany is the most likely one uh, to get cut out of the alliance. That's, that's my experience. That's my strategic intuition. But uh, a Western Triple alliance would give Germany an opportunity to move in force deep into the East early in the match. Uh, the other players probably wouldn't expect it, probably wouldn't be prepared for it. And Germany would have an excuse to do this uh, because assuming that France and England are indeed Germany's allies, uh, they they will give Germany the breathing room necessary to send enough armies that way. Okay. Have you ever played Western Triple Alliance ever?
1: Uh, Only as England. <laughs> it's a great alliance for England. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I never proposed it. Somebody else did.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, another idea that i have is um i think that turkey and italy are somewhat underrated allies of germany that uh usually with with turkey and germany the players just just don't interact and don't have much of a reason to fight and italy and germany they often um maybe they work together to fight against france but there's there's often not much directly helping each other and so if you can get in a situation where as germany you think that turkey or italy or i guess i'm saying this is this is a hypothetical i'm imagining that if i found a game where i felt like i could really depend on italy or turkey as a very serious ally of me germany maybe i could send a few units into the east to help fight against austria under the uh, with an understanding that i expect to get some of these supply centers and uh, if their perspective is well no though I, I get the supply centers that that i get vienna and budapest then all right well then i'm i'm not i'm not coming in there to help you just to help you take down austria that doesn't really benefit me and so look for a situation where a player might want to do that is there are they out there is there an italian player who will say hey yeah i'll support you into vienna maybe there is or maybe a Turkish player who would help me um, into Budapest. That's another idea. In matches that I've observed where Germany makes a pretty deep penetration into the east, it's usually because um, there's an an alliance with France, either started off as what seemed like a Western triple, or there was just a straight-up France-Germany alliance. But the alliance was so strong that the players didn't betray each other to try to get a solo win early on, or there was a very threatening power in the south that they ground down quite a bit. That can result in an endgame state where Germany has a lot of eastern centers. So let's say, uh, I don't know, for example, uh, in a scoring system where that cares about the number of supply centers players have in a draw. And you're dealing with a France, Germany, Turkey are the strongest powers. It, it seems it seems um, that that was an incentive that I observed as to why those players tolerated Germany getting centers in the east, as they were trying to roughly equalize their centers so they would all agree to the draw. Probably doesn't get the result that you're ultimately looking for, which is to win. Yeah, uh, without taking those centers. So I don't consider that uh, that informative of a situation. The uh, the other situation I have observed is Germany making a really strong, really powerful attack against Russia early that succeeds. Like, I don't know, Russia's horribly out of position. And let's say in 1902 or by the end of 1903, Germany has Warsaw, Sevastopol, and maybe Russia only has, I mean, sorry, Warsaw and Moscow and Russia only has you know an army in Romania and Romanian, a fleet in Sevastopol left or something like that. The way that Germany could consolidate power in the east without a western triple is to destroy Russia early while France and England lock horns. That France and England, I have seen where they just fight each other inconclusively meanwhile Germany conquers all of Russia and feels good I guess about England and France just just continuing to fight and Germany doesn't intervene very much and tries to make more conquests in the East. The reason why that seems, I, I, although I have observed that, why that doesn't feel like a very likely strategy is that in most well-played diplomacy games, I feel like in that, in that situation, France and England would have started working together at that point. They would, they would find a way to work together uh, while Germany has amassed so much power. And I don't think I've seen that in high level games. I think I've only seen that in uh, games with some players who are not very good. Do you have any ideas for how you might take Far Eastern centers?
1: Well, I do. I do think I read a guide once about Germany. I mean, I myself, I, I agree with you. I thought in high level games this probably wouldn't work, but he did suggest you know just going east. Well, you know, France and England and France get into a fight with each other. I mean, I've I've seen French players, though, who when England opens the channel, they just, you know, refuse to ever work with England ever again, no matter what. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I think taking Russia out early, if you think that England and France aren't going to attack you, can be a wise early game strategy, at least in press diplomacy. I, I'm kind of reluctant to do that in gunboat, but in press diplomacy, I think that that can be worthwhile. Okay, let's go to the next topic about the, whether the Italy-Austria alliance really does benefit Germany. I think the answer is yes. I think an Italy-Austria alliance does benefit Germany, but I don't think that um, it's not required. It's not required for there to be an Italy-Austria alliance for Germany to do well. I think just speaking in total, plain, uh, geopolitical terms, not talking about the players themselves, if I if I weren't to know anything about the players, I would say, uh, as Germany, what I would like to see is for Austria to go east and lock down Russia, and for Italy to intervene with France and help me out, or at least menace France enough that France isn't able to do very much, and then see kind of a late game breakthrough by Turkey. So that the south, the Italy, Austria, Turkey, Mediterranean area is in shambles when I'm trying to go for a solo win in the end of the game. Something like that. Something like that to me is the ideal scenario. Building off of that ideal scenario, if Italy attacks Austria early on successfully, this uh, often means that Russia gains a lot of strength. Uh, because even if the gains from the Balkan centers go to Italy and Turkey, and Russia doesn't get very many centers, the threat to Russia is smaller from a from Italian and Turkish forces fighting over the Balkans than if Austria is still viable as a power, because Austria can build in in the Austrian home centers and haul off to attack Russia pretty quickly. Russia's threatened by austria more so than by italy having austrian centers or turkey having austrian centers uh, especially if italy and turkey are both in the match does that make sense yes and on top of that russia may get some of those centers Russia might get Vienna and/ or Budapest in which case Russia could be significantly stronger if Russia's got a line from Vienna Budapest, Romania to Sevastopol, that's a very defensible position and um, can free up a lot of Russian energy to to come into the north where Russia competes with Germany for Scandinavia or just attacks Germany outright and it's not that hard for Russia to attack Germany outright from a position like that because an army in Vienna combined with a an army movement from Warsaw combined with the fleet movement into Baltic Sea, all of a sudden Germany is completely indefensible uh, if, you're, if your forces are extended fighting France and, and England. That, that can happen. So um, that, with, the, with those things in mind, it's nice to see Austria go east and fight russia or at least be a menace to russia so that russia is not strong and has to leave some kind of defense and austria is going to do that early game if austria believes italy to be a friend and similarly there's something going on with italy where um france is pretty hard to break down early on germany needs help from at least one other neighbor the help could come from england Uh, But it also could come from Italy. And working together with Italy to fight France, uh, you can break France. You could actually get in there and start taking centers. At the very least, Italy menacing France somehow will prevent France from making all out attacks in the north, which are not good for Germany. There are alternative ways to fight France. I don't need to get into all that. Uh, What what I'm trying to say is that uh, Italy going west to harass or to attack France is consistent with an Italy-Austria alliance as well. So if the first thing that happens in the game is that Italy is messing around with France, at least with a few units, and Austria is messing around with Russia, at least with a few units, then um, now two of Germany's major Neighbors, Uh, technically Italy and Austria are neighbors to Germany, but they're very rare early game threat the bigger, the more threatening early game neighbors, France and Russia are, they're really unlikely to attack Germany, definitely unlikely to attack Germany together. And now Germany's got a lot of options. Germany could work with or against Russia, could work with or against France, uh, could attack England or ally England. And that's, that's a, that's a really good strategic situation. In the long run, if the Italy-Austria alliance is very strong, they trust each other a lot, they are not back- backstabbing, and they are successful, then that can impede Germany's ability to solo win because Austria can consolidate power in Warsaw and Moscow centers Germany likely needs to win and, uh, and even menace Germany's home centers at Munich and Berlin. And similarly, Italy can, can consolidate control of Marseille and Iberia, and if Italy has that, it's It's very hard for Germany to take that by force alone. And Germany likely needs some of those centers to be able to solo win as well. So in the very long run, an Italy-Austria alliance is going to prevent Germany from getting a solo win, which is why, circle back to what I said earlier, that late game breakthrough by Turkey is beneficial because if Turkey starts getting a little bit stronger towards the end of the game, that can really interfere with Italy and Austria doing those Italy and or Austria doing those, um, defenses of those centers. I talked about the stretch goals that Germany needs to win. That's going to be a lot more challenging if there's a, a threatening neighbor in their region. Uh, if there's a tight Italy, Austria alliance, very tight, they don't menace each other. They don't betray. I think that ultimately favors England the most. I think England, uh, is, is, is really benefited quite a lot from, from that, uh, because, Both England and Germany will have France and Russia crushed, most likely, and uh, in the end, but Germany's home centers are up for grabs from a tight Italy-Austria alliance and England's generally are not. They may have had some experience in matches where the tight Italy-Austria eventually results in Germany going down, but in the early game, I think it is beneficial to Germany And I'll add one other thing, which is that um, Austria going down quickly because Italy attacked doesn't necessarily mean Germany's going to have a bad game because the players after Austria goes down could end up fighting in circles forever, like Italy, Turkey, and Russia could keep changing sides and fighting, whatever. And that's all all, that all works out for Germany. I'm just saying that by and large, on, on average, it's usually better for Austria to be around for a while. For Germany. That's my opinion. What do, you, what do you think about that? I
1: agree. Also, I'm wondering something else. I think in one of your blog posts with your guide is Germany. I think this is a gunboat guide, but I think it also could apply to press. I think you mentioned in maybe 1902, you send an army into Tyrolia and then into Piedmont to try and go after Marseille yourself. Considering that you have the army in Piedmont, I mean, do you think it might be better to just you know, go after France with England and you know, just not have Italy involved and just take it for yourself?
0: Yes, if Italy is concentrating um, completely in the south, like maybe Italy's doing a Lepanto, and is using one army in reserve to defend against a potential Austrian uh, backstab, that's the situation where you're most likely to get away with Munich to Tyrolia to Piedmont, so that you can support yourself into Marseille or attack Marseille that way. I think that is a little bit easier to get away with, actually, in press diplomacy because you can um, talk your way into the situation or trick the players into not covering the centers. In gunboat diplomacy, some Italian players want to park an army at Piedmont, and they do so early. And if they do that, it can be kind of hard to get in there. I guess they're... uh, So I've done this before, and I'll explain how it can be done in a gunboat game. In 1902 spring, you move your army uh, in Munich into Tyrolia, with the the idea being you're going to move it to Piedmont, if there's an Italian army in Venice, that army is usually going to hold. And if there's an Italian army in Piedmont, what you're trying to do here is is juke them, that the Italian gumbo player goes, what is this German doing? This is crazy. I better cover Venice just in, to stop the German from taking it in autumn. And then they move out of Piedmont and you move into Piedmont. I see. But in a, uh, in a press diplomacy game, you can accomplish that a little more straightforwardly by explaining what you're trying to do <laughs> or getting permission, uh, or something like that, or, or even just even doing a the reverse psychology and saying, you're going to move to Venice to, to, to bluff them into moving there. I think it's a little easier to accomplish in press, uh, but you can do it in gumbo diplomacy and, uh, the Austrian will hate it and, uh, the Italian will hate it. But in the end, getting your army into Marseille can be a big deal. And being able to fight France under uh, more of your own power can be strategically advantageous. One of the disadvantages, and I I think this is what you're alluding to, in fighting France with Italy is that all you're likely to see out of it as Germany, Italy's working with you, is uh, you'll have some hold on Belgium, I guess, and Paris uh, and Italy will usually lay claim to Marseille, Spain, and Portugal. Yeah, Those are actually the valuable centers. Uh, I, I talk about this a lot on, in, in this dojo and on my blog about the importance of understanding that the centers do not all have equal value. They have a value that's different uh, depending on which power you are, the, the, the context of the game, and uh, even just relative to each other. And, and the Iberian centers and Marseille are probably – they're among the most valuable centers in the whole game. Because they are extremely defensible, and um traversing that area, being able to cross through it one way or the other, is how uh, m- many matches either result in a solo win because someone does do it or stop a solo win because someone is prevented from doing it. So it's a huge area of huge strategic value. So even if you walk away with well, I got three supply centers, uh, I got Belgium, Paris, and Prest, and Brest. And Italy got three supply centers: Marseille, Spain, and Portugal. That's a bum deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Italy probably got, um, gosh, twice, maybe even three times as much value
1: as you did out of yeah. the deal. Yeah, and then if that, and then if that happens, you know, you've got to get some centers deep in the east.
0: <laughs> That's right. It creates a strategic conundrum later because Italy might be able to defend those centers even better than France did, potentially. I think that um, typically working with England to take down France makes it a little more likely that Germany will wind up with Marseille or Spain, maybe. Okay, let's look at the third topic. How to solo as Turkey against competent players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've asked about, I think I've asked about how to solo as Turkey before, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. All right, let's get into it.
0: I'll first say that, of course, there are general techniques that help players solo in, uh, that would apply no matter what power you are, and those will help you when you are Turkey, but uh, I don't think that's germane to this conversation since we want to know, like, well, how do you solo as Turkey? You know, what what is specifically advantageous for Turkey or what should you keep in mind when you're playing as Turkey as opposed to the other powers? And that's what we want to talk about here. So the first thing that I consider to be noteworthy is that Turkey, uh, you're you familiar with the concept of a corner power, right? Yeah. Okay. Since Turkey is a corner power, uh, Turkey has fewer neighbors and is harder to flank. Turkey is, in my opinion, the corneriest of all of the corner, of the corner powers in that uh, I think Turkey has, uh, Turkey is the most difficult to flank of all the corner powers. And that is because the flanking area where you have to get around Turkey's defenses switches between sea and land zones, whereas the other powers, it's it's either all land or all sea. And so uh, because Turkey has this incredible corner position that is is highly defensible, I think Turkey is advantaged strategically by concentrating as much firepower in one direction as possible, and then using your new builds to create whatever defense you need, if if any. And this is a little different from how I'd play the other power, where where maybe you might spread out your forces into a lot of different positions. So another thing to keep in mind about Turkey being the corneriest of all corner powers is that Turkey's uh, home centers. That Turkey's home centers are the most number of moves from the traditional stalemate line position of any home center. This means that Turkey cannot rely on units that are built in the end of the game to help fight for contestable stalemate line centers. And let's say that you uh, just finished defeating Italy and now you're gonna solo when well, you gonna if you if uh, if what you have done, is you you just you just conquered Tunis and Naples for your 16th and 17th supply centers you control all of Austria and Warsaw and Moscow and you're like okay now i finished controlling the south and i built my new units i'm going to go for Marseille i'm going to go for Munich fat chance against competent players you will not win they will block you those those are it's really easy to form stalemate lines on those places and all those units that you built they're they're useless they'll never they'll never see any action to deal with this. This means that uh, Turkey needs a breakthrough on those centers much earlier in Turkey's solo win effort. And by that, I mean conquering one or more of those centers well before you've reached 17. And what you do is use the new units that you build like let's say okay haha i've just captured this turn i captured venice and marseille i've got two new builds use those builds to capture centers like romania sevastopol moscow that are much closer
1: i'm wondering um in the games where i sold as turkey i got marseille but i think in what you put on your blog you said it was easier to take munich rather than marseille
0: was this a gunboat game
1: uh well yeah i suppose so I guess. All right. So in in Gumbo, it's easier to take Munich.
0: That's that's my opinion. But go go ahead and tell me what you think.
1: Well, so basically, my strategy usually is: you know, you go through Austria, you go through Italy, you take Marseille, and then you stab Russia. So if you want to take Munich, maybe you just go through Austria and Russia, and then grab Munich, and then go after Italy.
0: That's right. If um if you have made a, a gains in the central area of the map earlier then you're going to have a lot of armies without much to do other than invade Germany. I see. I, I, uh, a reason that I think Munich is a... Let me back up a minute. When I was first learning to play Diplomacy and I was reading a lot of the old literature that was out there, uh, some of it from the postal days, That that's how I learned to play when I first started playing about 10 years ago. And over time, I have either affirmed i've I've, yep you know that's right i i think that's true from my experience this advice or i have uh deviated from it i, I there's there's some things that uh you know the metagame of how people played diplomacy was very different back then i don't think that advice holds true or there's some tactical insights that i think maybe didn't quite exist back then or who knows what there's some things that i that that, that just drift and one of those ideas that i hold with is an uh, an old idea that the most important center on the map if there's one center that's the most important it's munich i the reason why i think this is that munich is the center in the north that is most easily contestable by the south by the southern players and i think this is because fighting in the south is mostly done with armies and munich is relatively straightforward to contest with armies and is often not locked behind a defensive perimeter by northern powers and they need a bunch of armies in certain positions to do it and they're unlikely to be in those positions so the when when you're getting stronger and stronger as turkey if you make a sudden attack on munich then uh then you have a chance you have a chance of getting an army into munich and you're likely to have sufficient concentration of armies on the map that you can surround munich with armies in tyrolia bohemia silesia to try to start support holding it and even though munich is not cannot be stalemated by itself munich cannot be stalemated from the south by itself the way mersey or berlin can um what it takes to roll back Munich, to grind it back down from the north, that you can maybe have the 18 and solo win before they can stop you. I see. Whereas um, if the players, the, the players can put up a defensive Marseille pretty easily, from the south, Marseille is only bordered by two spots, Piedmont and Gulf of Lyon. That's it. And so they can defend Merse with a simple having a unit in Marseille and some unit behind it to defend it. And they're very likely to have units in those positions. since That's a very interesting and contested part of the map and where players sort of retreat to if they're on the back foot as well. It's more likely that Turkey will have the forces in position to go for Munich and the players not in position to defend against it than some other center. But, but Marseille is very doable, especially if, um, if Russia was your ally early on.
1: I'm wondering, so I think if you want to grab Munich though, you probably have to go through Russia as well, because most of the time, you know, Russia would probably take Munich in a juggernaut, right? It's yeah, that's, that's probably right.
0: Um, taking Munich could be part of your backstab against Russia.
1: I see. So you take Munich and then stab them or same Yes, turn?
0: Simultaneously perhaps, or take it together. Helping your ally in any situation cross the stalemate line, although it can be risky because it gives them solo win opportunities, it can also increase your solo win opportunities because mangling the stalemate line might make it harder for the players to defend early uh, on, for the, for the defenders to, to stop you when you initiate your solo win attack. I think that um, Turkey's defensive position and Turkey's corner position is really valuable. And uh, it's so good that you could mentally add plus two to whatever Turkey's score is to get a sense of how strong Turkey really is. That is to say, when the match starts and, hey, you know, Austria got Greece and Bulgaria and Italy got Tunis, Italy's got four and Austria's got five. Yeah, and Turkey's effectively got six because Turkey's got the three home centers plus Bulgaria plus that corner which doesn't count as a supply center, but it's worth something. It's worth something. And I think it's worth about two. And so if you appreciate the game as like, okay, well, if Turkey started off after 1901, got six units, Italy and Austria would have almost no choice but to team up and try to take Turkey down a peg or two. Uh, If if Turkey literally started the game with six units, they they would probably feel that they had no choice. And to that I say, yes. That's exactly what's going on. So the, the, the metagame where, where many Italian and Austria gumbo players think that what they need to do is team up uh, to either destroy or at least contain Turkey. I think that is wise play. It's very beneficial to Italy. To, it's not beneficial to Turkey, but why should Italy and Austria be choosing a strategy that's beneficial to Turkey? Okay, I say that's the end. Thanks for coming, Hunter. I really appreciate it. This episode was made possible by the generous support of people like you. For more information, visit patreon.com
1: brotherboard. You can learn more from your board brother at brotherboard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe,
0: share, and review. Thanks to Loyalty Freak Music for the theme music, it feels good to be alive too.